Incredible. Action. Astonishing. Adventure. The coolest heroes. The hottest heroines. And the most outrageous villains in the universe. These ain't your daddy's comic books, fanboy. Welcome, everybody, to the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast, the show where a couple of nerds talk about comic books in their various forms. I'm David Luzader, and with me, of course, is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Hey. What was How's it going? What was that? That was me thinking about say, doing the Heck Yeah intro, but then not doing it, and then just kind of getting stuck on the wave that is sound creation so that's that's, that's how I, that's how i'm starting this off sound that like that sounds like a like a like a teen titans like character from the 90s like it's sound creation he rides the waves when, when it was like edgy 90s teen titans or titans was teen titans even around in the 90s i think I it was know. just was titans it, were they just were they just they titans at that point? oh boy titans in the 1990s I feel like I'm not going to get what I want from this no, research. Probably not. No, no, no. Oh. But uh, actually, doesn't look too bad. Doesn't look too. Oh, there's apparently uh, Dick and uh, Corey were going to get married. That didn't work out so well. It uh, that's what I hear. Not, not seeing anything super extreme huh. though. So you know. So must it must not have really been the '90s then? No, 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 no. It must be. Must. Be, oh no. Okay, never mind. Sorry, Deathwing. Oh God! Yeah, that... Deathwing. What Nightwing should have always been. Oh boy! Oh, I think they actually brought him back. I think in the Tim Seeley Nightwing run, he reintroduced Deathwing as a separate. I don't actually know if Deathwing was originally supposed to be a different character or also Dick Grayson, but I know that he currently exists in the Rebirth universe as a separate character. Okay, well that is so, interesting. There, there you go. That's 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 what. You know, for people that want to know was about that, the Teen Titans was in the he like, was 90s, he, that's what you get. Was he like the Earth 3 Nightwing? No, I think he was just 90s. No, no, no. Night. I meant I meant when you said in the new, like the Tim Seeley run. Oh, no, no. He was like a, a villain called Deathwing that takes place in the Rebirth, like main universe. Oh, in Rebirth. Okay. I thought you meant yeah. like New 52-ish era. Hold on. All right, well, enough about how rad the 90s were. We're going to get into our discussion here in a minute, but real quick, we got to mention that Saga is going on a year-long hiatus. Mm-hmm. I don't... Mm-hmm. Uh, a year, a whole year. Twelve. They, they've been doing their four-month little vacations, but they said that they need more time, apparently. More time to energize and rejuvenate creatively, and it stinks. From a purely selfish standpoint, I'm like, you need a year. From I know, a creative yeah. Standpoint, like, I'll probably die before Saga finishes. <laughs> but uh, well, you and I, understand. you and I talk a co- uh, like fairly often about like image books that we loved that have just stopped. Because the there are so, there are many of them that have just like they don't you know the creators don't really say anything, 
they don't get to finish. It's just like, nah, we stopped working on it. It's, you know, maybe the numbers were too low. Maybe the creative team just moved on, whatever. And, and this isn't that scenario, but it, like, it's hard for it not to feel like that scenario a little bit. We're like, no, 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 we're just going to take a year off. Right, so much can happen in a year. No, we're gonna we're gonna come back. We're just taking a year off. It's, well, and they said at least a year, so it could be like, oh, uh, we're gonna. It's gonna be a year and six months. Yeah, I feel like this is different. I mean, in respect to, I mean, Brian K. Vaughn can write a whole bunch of different stuff in a month. Fiona Staples is usually glued to one book. Yeah, I remember. You know, I remember when Greg Capullo was uh, going off of bat you know like scott snyder was going to do more batman work but greg capullo was not going to i think he was going to go do um reborn at that time and like an interview he was talking about like yeah you know scott gets to go off and like in their like quote-unquote marriage you know gets like go off and like have fun with with like jock and and sean murphy and all these other people it's like where i'm stuck you know i'm only with him because like with artists if you're going to do quality work you can only really work on one book at a time so he wanted to like go off and work you know, do something that wasn't just Batman. So I get like if, you know, Fiona Staples is wanting to do something that's not just Saga for a while. Right. Yeah. And I know even when she was working on Saga, she at least pumped out three issues of the uh, new Archie series. Yeah. Uh, oh. But I'm sure like, I don't know, that kind of workload was probably pretty heavy. And I just only like, they don't really say that this is to give Fiona a break to go work on something else. It's right. like a collective vacation. It could be. It could totally be. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they will work on some other stuff in the meantime because, you know, money uh, doesn't print itself. I guess Saga is doing pretty well. Um, yeah. I don't know what – I mean, I guess they would keep their licensing like for because I know there's a lot of like toys and posters and crap yeah, like that Yeah, I don't think now. either of them are going to starve. Right, but I'm but I'm saying like also you're not you don't want to take a year off and not do anything. You know, I'm sure maybe a couple of months will happen, and then you know Fiona Staples might show up on a on a Mark Miller book, which because that's where people go when people don't want to work with their longtime partner, they cheat on them with Mark Millar. I will say though, as you know, whatever crap we give him, he it, provided the artist is a hard worker, which Fiona Staples has proven to be a pretty consistent artist, like. His books come out on time. Mark Millar's books come out on time? I feel like. What? Am I, am I what? wrong? No. <laughs> what? Jupiter Legacy is a pretty that was, prime I said. I, I, I said, I said as long as the artist is like a consistent. That's David, Frank Quitely. Where's Nemesis 2? I'm oh, holding God. out, man. I'm hoping Nemesis right? 2 is in the blackest pit of a black hole to never emerge. <laughs> that, that book should um, never have been published. <laughs> I definitely think maybe Jupiter Legacy just kind of runs the gamut of the whole Miller world in my mind. But like, I'm pretty sure because I feel like there was a time where it was always like, all right, here's the next big wave of Miller world. And then like half of it might come out. And then what did come out would be late. Uh, it might uh, be maybe, different maybe now I'm... under the Netflix ban- uh, banner. I think uh, the Magic Order is already on issue two. See, I, I see. Maybe it was just maybe it was just the ones that I actually chose to follow were consistent. Like I'm pretty sure Huck came out over you know the six months that the six issues took or whatever. Um, I can't. What was it, like super? It was like the not super criminals. Maybe it was super criminals. Whatever one for some reason I read the one about where super villains go to uh, Europe because hey. there's less superheroes there. I don't remember what that one was called, but that's not important. Anyway, Saga is is departing our super crooks. Super crooks, that was close. Uh, yep, Saga is departing our world for a year after issue fifty four, and it's a bummer. 
That is a bummer. It is, uh, you know, but I, at the end of the day, no matter how selfish I might want to be, I respect the uh, need to creatively recharge. Not that I've ever had to experience it because I've never been creative in my life. Um, it's true. But I, I imagine it's a thing that people have to go through. So I, mean, I it... wish them a great vacation and I'm excited to see where my life is at in a year when Saga returns. Yeah, even, I mean, even with, um, you know, this being a creative endeavor and their artists and all that, it's still a job, you know? Right. And no, it's still work. It, yeah. I mean, sure. I, I, there's very few jobs that you get to be like, I get to take a year off now and not work. But I guess it comics are a weird industry and we love them for it. So we will see you in yeah. a year saga. But what we are here to discuss today is I Kill Giants. We don't have a name for quite what the, this format of the show is called. Basically, the idea is that we look at a graphic novel or a comic and its movie adaptation and just kind of discuss the two, discuss differences, all that. We'll get into it. What we are discussing is, as I said earlier, I Kill Giants. The synopsis is that Barbara Thorson is a young woman with a troubled family life. On top of that, she doesn't have any friends until she meets Sophia. She confides in Sophia that she has a sacred duty to protect the world from giants who threaten it. Through meetings with the school psychologist, though, it is revealed that Barbara's crusade may be more fantasy than reality. The seven-issue limited series by Joe Kelly and J.M. Kin Nomura started in 2008 and ran through 2009. It was later adapted into a 2017 film of the same name, starring Madison Wolfe as Barbara, Sidney Wade as Sophia, Imogen Poots as Karen, and Zoe Saldana as Miss Molly. That was her name, right? Was it Molly? Miss Molly. I was. I'm pretty sure it was Miss Molly. Anyway. This, I believe it was both our first time for both of us with the graphic novel and with the movie, correct? It was. And um, I'll say that my experience with it was that I actually watched the movie first. And then about a week, week and a half later, I read the comic. Whereas you read the comic and then I think watched the movie shortly afterwards. Yeah, I, I had started the comic um, a few days before, got through the first couple of chapters and wasn't able to finish at the time. So then I buckled down, finished the comic, and then kind of within the next like few minutes turned on the movie. So yeah, you and I had very different viewing experiences. I'm curious to see how that'll affect our kind of takes on it, but just general feelings on the story. Do you, did you like I Kill Giants? You know, this the story of Barbara Thorson and, and the trouble with her uh, with her family, and I'll just go ahead and say now we will. We're gonna spoil this. We're not gonna tiptoe around. All you know, this, the comics ten years old, the movies over a year old. Whatever happens, whatever's happened is already out there. So, did you enjoy Barbara struggling with her mother's last days on Earth? I guess. Oh, that was dark. Ooh, felt bad about that. <laughs> well, uh, from a purely personal note, like I went through a similar struggle when I was younger. So I definitely felt for once in, in my reading, a lot of empathy for the main character. So that was, that was interesting to kind of, I mean, it's like you, you'll read different characters, like everyone can relate to Spider-Man or whatever. And like you, like you can respect that, like, Hey, there's some similarities, but at least for me, like, Sometimes I think I'm dead inside because I'm reading these, you know, reading or watching or whatever. And I really am just like, well, that was cool. Time to go to bed. And it was actually kind of nice that 
reading and watching I Kill Giants, like I at least had some reflective contemplative moments like where I really kind of felt my heart tug, um, sort of reminiscing about, again, my own experiences. Um, so yeah, overall, I enjoyed the experience. I think I ultimately enjoyed the book more, which is mm. kind of cliche, but it's usually true. Um, but the movie was no slouch. Also, I swear it came out this year, so it's crazy that it actually it may, came out. It may have year. been like it, you know, got its limited release in 2017, and then got its kind of release kind of more publicly, more wide in 2018. I just know when well, I, I thought I thought it was a Hulu exclusive, a Hulu original, or no, no. Okay. I mean, if you yeah, if you look at so on Rotten Tomatoes, it says 2018. IMDb says 2017. I don't have all the hot takes on the on the actual release. It looks like so it looks like it was released in Canada in 2017. Um I don't know if there's like the Toronto Film Festival or what and then uh was released wide release March 23rd, 2018. Okay. Yeah, I I I really enjoyed the story as well. I think that I'm with you that I I enjoyed the book more cuz I it's uh, the the movie adds some stuff that I think are uh, really kind of helpful to the story. Like they, they kind of show some more time between Barbara and Sophia and their growing friendship. Um, but they also, it also adds some stuff that I think kind of weighs it down. I mean, the movie's almost two hours long. Uh, it's like an hour, 45 minutes or something like that. And I think that my, it's, it's like maybe 15 minutes too long. Like you could have, in my opinion, cut out a little bit of time in this movie and had the story of the comic just kind of a direct adaptation. Um, and I think maybe it would have benefited from that personally. I don't know. Yeah, upon upon reading the comic and realizing that like they really don't give Mrs. Mole uh, a back uh, an interior life, like she's really just there at the school uh, and, and a little bit outside of it. But in the movie, towards the climax, uh, Barbara goes to Mrs. Mole's house and Mrs. Mole introduces her to her family, but like in a really weird way, like she's there, but then like her family comes out and she's like, this is why I've been tired the whole time. Yeah. Like, you, I didn't really notice that you've been tired. So other than like you work in a, uh, <laughs> you work in a school. school yeah. Like, of course you're tired. Like, you know, so, and like in the book, her family wasn't a part of it or relevant at all. So it was, I felt like it was weird that they introduced in the movie because I feel like it didn't add anything. The, the closest I can think of is that they wanted to give a, another example of like a mother figure. You know, it wasn't just that, that Mrs. Mole was like this person that's showing an interest in Barbara that, you know, while Barbara's dealing with the reality of her mom dying, here's this other person that like she's trying to rely on. Oh, but she's got her own family. She's not my mom or whatever. I, I, I'm kind of, maybe I read into it too much. No, but, no, no, no. I think, I think you're, I think you're dead on with that. Um, by the way, I thought it was unnecessary. And, no, and I, and I, I agree that it was maybe a little bit too, they were trying to do too much with that moment of like, we show her as a mother so that that just adds on to Barbara's complex where it's like, you can, you know, you can have somebody in your life be a parental figure and not have them be an actual parent. You know, people talk about all the time of like, well, this guy was kind of like a father to me and he's like a father and like, you know, it's not like he was like a father to me because he had his own family in which he was a father. So when I saw him, I was like, you're a dad. I identify with you as a dad. It's like they could have just kind of kept that as a older woman in her life, quote unquote, older Zoe Saldana. Uh, and, you know, an older woman in her life who just cares for her and is trying to to help her. 
um, without having to really kind of force the she's also a mom line of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was very squarely just like Barbara's dealing with mom issues. Here's another mom to reflect on. But even that, and I'm not saying the movie has to like hit you over the head. Like I inferred that myself, but it really, I think, isn't clear like why we're being introduced to her family. No, I, I you agree. Know, she just runs away. Um, but what, um, so what did, what did you, did you feel that you benefited from reading the book first and then watching the movie or? Um, I mean, in theory, I guess that's the intent. Like the book came out first. Erica, you should probably read the book first, but. I mean, that that's, uh, that's the great debate on these things though, right? There's almost kind of a way in, in general that I think that maybe sometimes watching the movie is better first because you, you don't go into it then with those expectations you know it's just the movie is purely what it is and when you go back and read the book later you're like oh okay this is different this has changed um, where when you read the book you're like okay so I have a firm idea of what the original story was now let's see what it's like when that's changed mm-hmm. and I can't you know I can't say necessarily because obviously you and I aren't the exact same person um, I can't say my, you know, one way was, was a better viewing. They're, they're very similar. Uh, they, I would say that this movie is a pretty faithful adaptation. Oh, uh, for sure. I, I would, I mean, they, I think they kind of aged the kids up a little bit. Um, but I think that's just for obvious reasons. Um, no, I, I'd say they're probably about the same age. I think they're, they're middle school age in the book. Yeah. Maybe just draw more cartoonishly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that there was some stuff that I really liked in the book that got changed in the movie and I didn't like the changes. Like uh, I had, I texted you that the, the weird change about how she insults the gym teacher uh, in the movie. It's just like, Oh, is your job worthless or is it pointless? And in the comic, she says some really kind of offensive insinuations about her being a lesbian which is not offensive did you always know that you were a bull dyke or was that something you figured out after your first vagina right yeah it's not offensive in the sense of like oh that you're a lesbian it's just like whoa that question uh that's and also the scene when she gets in a fight with the bully i can't remember the bully's name right now uh taylor taylor in the comic she's like she's fighting her and getting like really aggressive into it and then sophia comes up and tries to stop her and she turns around and hits sophia and that felt like really natural kind of part of the aggressive moment in the movie barbara's walking along and sophia puts a hand on her shoulder and she turns around and just punches her in the face yeah and that felt awkward and I don't. I can't. I can't remember what was leading up to her walking. If she was fine, or if she just did it because she was like on high alert. But I, think... I felt there was there were some awkward like in the movie, uh, and it, I don't know what side I found. I feel like there was a middle ground that neither the book or the movie accomplished. But like the the teasing out of like what Barbara's real issue is, a, a the the mom dying. Like the movie, I feel like really didn't drop any hints. Like you definitely question early on, like something's going on with their parents. Like did they die? Like, what's the situation? Mm-hmm. But it really isn't until, like, the final moments that you learn, like, oh, her mom is dying. Um, and I remember there was the scene in the movie where uh, I think after Barbara gets knocked out and then uh, Sophia brings her back, Barbara goes into the hall and Sophia's in the hall, like, looking in the room where her mom is. Like, and you don't necessarily know that at the time, but it's played off as, like, this really creepy scene. And when I was watching the movie, I didn't really, I didn't, 
whether I had thoughts of the mom, whether there was something going on with the mom, like I didn't know that at the time mm-hmm. with that scene. So it was like this really weird scene that like Sophia like freaks out and runs away. And I never quite understood why. And then the book, at least reading, I knew that it had something to do with the mom, but even then, like it was still like, what was, Not, what was the point? See, I no, I felt like the book did a really good job of teasing it out. Um, at least teasing that, you know, that, that something is, there's something in the house that's not right. And there's something about, uh, when, when Miss Mole is talking to her about, you know, we need to talk about your family. We need to talk about Karen and David. And then, you know, it starts like, I like the way they did that in the movie too, with like how things were like cutting out and she couldn't quite hear like what was being said. Cause in the comic it's, you know, the words get blurred out. Uh, and then there's that, you know, the thing where she's walking by the room and there's, this sort of nightmare caricature of a woman on a bed reaching out for her. And like, I kind of got through all that. Like, okay, her mother is sick in, in bed in the house and she is terrified of it and avoiding it. I'm not from, from my perspective, at least I felt like the comic did a really good job of, of illustrating that that's what was going on. I mean, I think that's what was going on. And I, I guess it's not really criticism. I, maybe it was just because I saw the movie first where, like, they really didn't, like, tease it out at all. Um, but in this, in the book, it just felt like, like you figured it out way earlier on that the mom was, that something was going on with the mom and that she was sick. Um, so in terms of, like, is this a fantasy? Is this not a fantasy? Um the book it kind of lets you know pretty pretty quickly that it's not a fantasy even though when you get to the climax and she's fighting the giant compared to the the movie which like you're watching it but you kind of know like this must be all in barbara's head the the book kind of takes some or i guess it's it's in its direction like you have sophia and taylor witnessing it uh and like in a sense comment like not i don't think they ever speak during actually no i think they do speak during the fight like sophia Uh says something um as right before uh barbara goes for like the killing blow or something like that um so there's the indication that like that they're seeing it too a fantasy yeah yeah yeah. um i I don't know i i I think you can maybe kind of play that off a little bit of because barbara's barbara is our narrator here uh and Obviously, they they hinted it wasn't uh, it wasn't the Titan. It was a hurricane that appeared um, there because it was like this very unexpected storm, and she, you know, uh, Barbara gets wrapped up in it, and so maybe it was just like I would have to go back and reread their reactions with that in mind. I don't have it uh, right in my head. Um, speaking along to that, oh yeah, but the movie added this whole forest giant storyline, which felt so unnecessary. Uh, because in the com- you know, I, I in the comic she says, yeah, I hunt giants and I kill giants, but we don't really see anything about that until the big storm at the end. Um, but in the in the movie they add this whole thing where she's hunting this forest giant and trying to trap it and eventually has to like fight it and quote unquote fight it and kill it. And it, that was just it felt tacked on. It didn't feel like it added a whole lot because it was supposed to be like to prove that she's ready for what's coming, and it, it, that that didn't quite work for me uh i thought they could have cut that out and been perfectly fine yeah Um, i think in a sense it works but also like she caused pretty extensive property damage she burned down like an empty house or something yeah the what she burned down like like an abandoned could have been a lot worse i mean like that's just the nature of the story i guess but 
it was i think i can see why the creative decision narrative decision was made in the movie probably after reviewing the book but i think i like the book better well and, and in the book as well there's there's not just um not just giants. There are like fairies and uh, some other things. I think she mentions like there's a whole magical world. And oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. in the movie, they focus heavily on just the giant part of it because that's you know the giant. There's the whole thing with Kovaleski and being the giant killer, which I actually didn't get that um, that connection until the movie with how the movie presented it, I was like, oh, okay, that's why she's fighting giants because she has this really strong connection with her mom and the mom loved baseball and loved this Kovaleski character and he was the giant killer, so that's who she wants to be. Okay, now I get that. Uh, but in the in the you know comic, there's this whole other fantasy world that she's dealing with uh, and like talks to and interacts with and... Yeah, they don't include the the fairies or whatever they were, low gremlin guys in the gnomes in the movie. They do include the dementors or whatever they were called. Harbingers. Harbingers. Which the, um, those looked really cool in the movie. The design of those were cool really in the movie. Cool. Yeah, and but they weren't I mean, they actually weren't that big of a presence in the book. I felt like they kind of had a more of a presence in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um so there, so I was flipping back, and there is a scene where like Barbara, Taylor, and Sophia are on the beach, and Sophia says it, it, it's a giant. Which, even though the book is the pickingest way, you can also just sort of accept that maybe by this point that the giant shows up, that it's all Barbara's imagination. That you know her friends are bearing witness, or friend right. are bearing witness to this, and in her mind, even though they probably aren't reacting to what's actually there or they're they're not they're they're obviously not reacting to a giant um but it's a little but it also gives more credence to when sophia is like hey yeah last summer she killed you know she killed the the titan yeah titan um whereas in the movie again like sophia was present but was hiding and never saw anything i mean other like you just kind of chalk it up to like her being a good friend i guess yeah she barbara never actually fights taylor in the movie they Taylor is there and like antagonizing her and they like Taylor beats her up with her friends like in that one scene. But there are a couple scenes in the comic where they actually have out and out fights and uh Barbara like wails on her a couple of times. Yeah. But that never Oh, oh. what you get? Oh no, can finish your thought. Oh no, I was just telling you that like, that never occurs in the movie, which I think is interesting. I guess like in yeah. the in the comic she's shown as more like this scrappy kind of like angry fighter sort of kid and in the in the movie she's just a little bit more of an outsider yeah more she's more timid and she's not timid like she's not timid in in social interactions but when it comes to actual physicality she's she's not as aggressive yeah and um what are you gonna say i i was gonna mention it seems like you had a point you wanted to bring up so i'll bring up mine after yours go ahead oh i was just pointing out that in the 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 titan fight um both taylor and and Sophia get picked up by the giant's hand oh. in this situation. So it's just very, very for that scene compared to the movie. Like it's, it's very much like this, like this is what's real. Like despite you thinking it's a fantasy, despite like the obvious, you know, parallels going on with like her mom, like that a, a real Titan has shown up the, versus the movie. In the, in the, in the comic too, the Titan fight kind of lasts like the whole issue in the movie. It's over in second, like not very long, uh, maybe like a couple of minutes 
you know, the, the Titan makes like one swing at her or misses and then she brings the hammer down. Like that's all it takes to kill it. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed in that because I thought there was going to be a cool moment there with some stunts and fun CGI and, you know, we didn't get it and that's, that's fine. You know, you still got the same message across where Barbara has her near death experience and realizes like, Oh, life is important. We got to enjoy life while we have it. Uh, the point that I was going to bring up was her brother in the, in the comic, her brother, um, you know, who seems kind of like a typical sort of teenager. Like he is shown playing like D and D with her. Like they kind of have like an okay, like he's like really kind of relegated to the background in the movie. They show that uh, Barbara and her brother are like really at odds with one another and they really were setting it up like, oh, there's going to be something about like how they don't really connect and how they like are going to end up connecting. Uh, and that just really gets lost really quick. And I was kind of disappointed. Like I thought like, okay, well, they're going to change the family dynamics a bit. They give Karen, the sister, a little bit more to do, but not really a whole lot. It's just that the family subplot kind of fused, fizzled out by the end. Yeah, no, it definitely did. There's also the whole thing, like, in in the movie, Barbara doesn't go missing, but in the in, by the final, by the beginning of the final issue of the comic, um, like, no one knows where she is, um, and that she could have been swept up in, in the sea, and there's a flashback, so it basically rolls right into, like, she shows up at home, everyone's just like, oh my god, but whatever, like, they completely just gloss over it right after that, and she goes to, like, have her confrontation with her mom. Um, but then it right it, before she makes it to her mom, there's a flashback to her actually coming up out of the water, mm-hmm. um, like she was being dragged down by the giant. So I the the timeline is a little fuzzy. Like was it shortly after her fighting the monster, but like the storm's gone? So why why is she there? Is it another like imagination moment? I think it was an imagination moment. Then where was Barbara for? I think there's like a there's a, a hint that she there's a hint that she was at least missing overnight. Like, did you sleep in the sea or something like that? I think someone asks. So she was missing for a chunk of time. Yeah, that that was a little bit confusing in the comic. I I agree. Yeah, I mean, they even like say like initial estimations for her survival seem grim. Like, and then they gloss over the fact that like a twelve year old went missing for an extended period of time and just shows back up. I mean. Well, they, I mean, was... they, they kind of gloss over it in the sense of, like, the police are like, we'll give them a moment, and then we'll do the wrap-up. Like, Oh, they do say that, yes. Yeah, so it's like it's not like they, they – uh, the police weren't like, cool, she's back, we're out of here. Uh, but also I appreciate, I appreciate they weren't like – they just kind of hand-waved that away of like, oh, yeah, the police had more police work to do. But obviously you don't want to – we're not going to bother you with that. You know, now it's time for Barbara's resolution with everything. Right. Uh and I, I, I liked the moment in the comic. This this also was a, was different, not in the not in the movie, but I felt like it could have been, where she's about to go see her mom and uh, Mrs. or Miss Mole, Mrs. Mole is there, and she's like, "Will you come with me to go, you know, to see my mom?" And Mrs. Mole is like, "That doesn't seem appropriate." Uh, I thought that. You know, I can't speak from the experience of that kind of moment, but like, I thought that was like kind of really good. Of like, okay, that's showing how their relationship has progressed, but also how Barbara needs to face these things on her own. And I, th- I thought would have worked just fine in the movie as well, and was just kind of pushed out. 
Yeah, I mean, it also establishes that for all of that, Mrs. Mole cares, like there's an obvious boundary in terms of their dynamic. Yeah, and, and their Mole relationship. A, a working professional, not, I mean, she might she might say that she's a friend to engender um, um, closeness with Barbara to, to, help, to try and help her, but like it might not be actually appropriate for the school psychologist to be present for such an emotional moment. At the same time, like it's hard, like, you're like all right, well, you have a connection, like, support her in whatever way that she might need. I can kind of see both angles, but yeah, they don't really tackle that in the movie. Yeah. Well, would you, uh, would you read this again? Would you watch the movie again? Um, probably not. I'm not, but me personally, it's not necessarily a mark against them. I, I'm not a big rereader, uh, or rewatcher. Um, the movie is like, I'm glad I saw it, but was, I don't know if I was the right demographic. Like it was enjoyable for what it was, but like I, I you know, especially now also seeing like just how much of a direct, almost a direct adaptation that it was. It, I get, I, I sometimes question the validity of its existence, but like, I think like the actors and all that and like the aesthetic, what was interesting is that like, especially compared to the art in this book that like, well, I think thematically and, and, and content wise, the movie and the book are, almost identical like aesthetically the movie is very different from the book mm. um, yeah you know i'm ken ken's style in the book is is very kind of very not that much detail very cartoony not almost anime-esque but really not i'd say yeah um, whereas the movie is very stark very like um beauty colors and very real despite the, the fantasy elements yeah there are some there are some beautiful shots in the movie i will say there, it's a, it is a competently shot film um, with, I think, some pretty good, you know, minimal CGI, but some pretty good CGI when it's there. I think that I probably will end up watching this movie again because there's a, another movie podcast I'm on where I have to pick a movie that the other two people haven't seen, and I guarantee they haven't seen this, so it feels like a nice, easy pick. Uh, but... Aside from that, I, I probably wouldn't watch it again. I'm there with you. But I probably actually would read the um, the comic again. I do I do like to reread stuff, revisit it every now and then. And this is something – it was not a terribly difficult read. It kind of flew by pretty quick. So I would probably you know read this again on a flight pretty easily, mm-hmm. I think. Cool. Yeah. All the power to you. No, thanks. Do you, have any, yeah. uh, do you have any final thoughts, any other things you want to discuss on I Kill Giants before we wrap up? I mean – she killed a Titan. The book should have been called I Kill Titans. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I get like how what it was establishing, like she she was faced with like the most insurmountable thing that she could. Right. Uh, no, I mean the book, the book was it was a it was an easy breezy cover. squeezy. It was an easy breezy read. Uh, um it was enjoyable. The characters, I think, Barbara especially, like you well some of their the plot points were kind of blunt like i think the characters had like a nice you know like taylor was like your typical bully like i feel like there wasn't a whole lot there but some of the commentary was interesting and the overall characterization i think was was uh strong absolutely good good marks good marks for the creators yeah no i agree this was uh i think us saying like oh you know might not watch it again might not read it again isn't necessarily a mark against it i think that uh I think there's plenty of people I know who would really thoroughly enjoy this book. So mm-hmm. check it out. 
people. And of course, if you have thoughts, if you've seen the movie or read the comic or done both and you want to share those with us, please do. You can send them to us at heckyacomics at gmail.com or you can uh, send them to us on Twitter at heckyacomics. And of course, if you guys wouldn't mind leaving us a review, we would really appreciate it. Help us more people find the show and add their voice to the discussion for next week. We are going to be switching things up still yet again as we're just kind of playing around and having fun with new format, no more freedom. Nick and I will be picking a graphic novel that the other one has not read and making them read it. So that should be fun. You can tune in next week to find us. Until then, you can find the show at heckyacomics.com. You can find me around the internet under the username DavLuz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, you can find me there. You can find Nick uh, who, uh, sewing on hammer patches to all of his bags that he carries around with him. And you can find us here next week. Same Heck Yeah time, same Heck Yeah channel. Until then, goodbye. Worst episode ever.